The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be used in the place of advice from a mental health medical professional for prevention, diagnosis, or treatment of any other illness. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. The opinions shared in this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect those of our employers. Thank you for listening. Musical. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very spectacular episode of Here Comes a Thought. Uh, today, we are going to be giving our reactions, just our reactions, to the brand new Steven Universe movie. And joining me here tonight, we have Cat, uh, lovely Cat, our Garnet. Hi! We have John. Our Pearl. It is very lovely to have you all here. We have myself as our Amethyst and our very, very lovely Steven as our special guest, Lauren. Yay! And Steven. And Steven. And the Stevens. <laughs> so, um, to kind of get this out of the way right off the bat. Wait, I want to be Spinel. <laughs> I want to be Spinel. I was going to say spoilers. <laughs> like... Spinoilers. <laughs> right off the bat. Spinoilers. <laughs> We're getting some spinoilers up in here, guys. So if you haven't watched the movie, I 1000% highly recommend that you go and watch the movie, then tune into this podcast, into this episode. Now, remember, this is our reactions. This is our complete feelings for the music for the movie and everything that's happened before the ending of season six five wait five okay yes four five three two (laughs) one when we eventually get to the movie we will do our whole in-depth psych analysis but for now we're just going to revel in the beauty that is steven universe the movie yay so the first question the first question is and we are. I just asked this question off recording. But how many times have you guys seen the movie? Twice, four times, one. John, one. Yeah, Very one. Disappointment. He just said one. I, look, I wanted to be the guy who, who whose perspective. He's Lars. Who has like one. the the the? I've watched it just once. Perspective. My goodness, I've seen it seven times. And I downloaded the music. Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> yeah, it's on my. I have. I created my own Spotify playlist, so I have all the Steven Universe songs in one uh, convenient playlist. And I make my clients listen to it. <laughs> yes. If you don't make your clients listen to it, then honestly, would are you even a therapist? <laughs> am I even a therapist? Yes. Yes, I am. All right, so guys, what what were your initial thoughts when you saw the movie? Can you remember your your reactions, your emotions during the movie? Oh my god, so so much love, so much love, and I I mean, like Spinel is just the nine the quintessential nineteen twenties kind of character that like bop that she has and she's kind of like she's got that harley quinn sort of voice Mm -hmm. 
Um, I love her. She's adorable. The way she talks and the, 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 again, that bop that she has. And that um, very fictional sort of the, the way their, their body bends and it's like moldable, like sort of like clay. She, she's very, and, 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 and I hate to say it because it's an animation, but she's very animated. She's very much a cartoon in this animation. Yeah, uh, she's she's animated in the styles of uh, 1930s cartoons, which had a lot of uh, long, wormy arm bodies and sproingy movements, um, because that was that was the style of the time. She also uh, reflects a lot of like old Mickey Mouse. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but like Mickey Mouse, no matter which angle Spinel is facing, her uh, ponytail, pigtails. Her ears are always in the same space on her head, just like yes. Mickey Mouse. Just mm-hmm. like Mickey Mouse. Honestly, it, I feel like if they had put buttons on her her outfit, they would have been <laughs> sued for copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she had like the little like puffed out like little shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the little boots. Yep. yep, I loved it. It was yes, it was just a, she's adorable. Um, even when, even when she was trying to kill, uh, kill Steven, but when she was, when she was, when she had forgotten who she was, she was so cute. I thought she was cute when she was evil too. (laughs) I thought, you know, uh, her song, her first song, um, Other Friends, honestly, it's, it's tied up there with my, my favorite song in throughout the whole, the whole movie, just because it's like. I don't know. It's just it's like a nice callback, like the 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 music that I'm listening to. It's like really callback to like when I was younger and watching just you know daytime cartoons, and it's just got that like bopping music to it. Like you can just, like it's not even like that it bops. Mm-hmm. It's just like you can actually like you like I find myself like bopping along with like I'm moving back and forth with just like the the flow and the rhythm. But like I don't know. I really love her voice too. Yeah. Voice acted by Sarah Stiles. She did a great job, she both in both in singing and and uh, just talking voiceover. She did she did fantastic. I love Spinell. Yeah, but uh, I mean, and it's it's to it's it's just I it, I hate to say it, like we just skip over the the whole the whole. Th- diamond thing and that we we skip over the whole like okay there's a whole section where we don't even introduce her because there's steven has brought peace to uh to uh gem culture um for so he's been in space with the diamonds for two years now he's 16 he grew a neck he grew a neck, which was which was the most important thing. He grew a neck. Yeah, that's character <laughs> development right there. <laughs> well, yes, because now him and um, him and Connie can go necking. Yep. Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> My goodness! Claps for you. My Thank goodness, you just so being much. Bold, right? That. Thank you so much for that, Lauren. <laughs> Remember, it's important to stay hydrated when you're smooching. 
Thank you for <laughs> thank you, Lauren. You got my joke. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think John and I got that, but we were just like, no, no. I'm okay, sorry, give me a what? minute. Um, language <laughs> barrier thing right here. What is necking? <laughs> John, what, we'll do, what do you think thing. it is? Pesando. Okay, so what I think it is is like you know that thing that um, swans do when they're in love. <laughs> Like they make a heart shape with their necks. Is that what what Stephen and Cunny do now? Yeah, it's called fusing. Yes. yes, now it's called fusing. Yes. Okay. Oh my God, Stag. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Wait, my wait, goodness. wait. Okay, okay. Let's Hold, do this. Let's let's tone it down no. a second. We can't just keep yeah. jumping from one point to another. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta let ourselves okay. kind of soak things in. My overall okay. reaction towards the movie. This is, is how cat's brain works. <laughs> <laughs> This is why John gives cat notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I there's no notes for this episode. So. There's so now you guys know what happens when there are no notes. Cat's brain goes into overdrive, and this is what happens. Strap yeah. in because we're going to Homeworld. <laughs> okay. Um, so <laughs> John will now drive. <laughs> um, my reaction towards the movie is I I feel this is we've had two sort of like big events and just in the in the general like steven universe universe <laughs> um the steven universe universe yeah first universe. it was the the change your mind uh, sort of series of episodes and then we had the movie and i feel like the change of the change your mind series was more meant f- towards its more older audience I think it had a lot of complex themes that it's great for kids to sort of be exposed to early in life. But I feel like the full breadth of the messaging is something that an older audience is more likely to completely understand. While I feel this movie was more meant for a younger audience. I feel like a lot of the songs were just... um reinstating what every character is about in a way that is musical is really fun and it sort of encompasses all the lessons that we are supposed to have learned from steven universe up until this point in the series well it is it is something that i remember um reading about that i guess um rebecca sugar stated that um what she did with this movie was she wanted to make sure that even people who have never seen this series could watch this movie and they'll basically and like the first 10 minutes is basically like a crash course in Steven Universe. Yeah. So it's like you can still kind of understand what's going on, understand what's happening. Um and then that in turn can kind of m- motivate people to be like, "Oh, well, if this is what like, oh, this movie was really great, let's go back and watch how it all began." Yeah, and I really feel it works that way really well. I feel like I can definitely tell somebody, like, you're not going to get everything right away, but if you want to know what this series is about, you can see it all in the movie. But spoilers, though. (laughs) Yeah. Quite a few spoilers. But if it's apparent, you know, asking me, like, what should their child see... I'm not as worried about spoilers as much about the messaging that I think is something every child should have early in life. So, yeah. 
Hell yeah. I think I, I agree that I, uh, the change your mind arc is, um, pretty deep, but I do think that there's definitely some more adult aspects to the movie as well that have their own depth. I think, uh, I know we're doing more general responses to the movie, but I do think that, um, Spinell's character arc and story, um, are really, uh, complex and valuable look at uh trauma and trauma mm-hmm. responses and i think that there's a lot of depth in there that maybe um you know younger kids won't immediately pick up on but hopefully gives them more structure later on in life as they start to understand that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah and spinel also deals with uh a lot of abandonment oh yeah abandonment oh my issues. goodness yep um, okay, can which, I can I say this right off the bat? Go ahead. Fuck pink diamond. So, wait, so wait, I, I, just, I dropped I, I dropped the <laughs> f bomb this time, guys. I know. So I just, I just need to do a, a quick segue right here. Go ahead. Um, uh, Cookie Cat, he left his family behind. Uh, I never considered that you might be evil. Yeah, Cookie Cat was Pink Diamond all along. That's right. That's right, people. You heard it here. The truth has been revealed. Oh, my God. That is true. This is the world's biggest revelation. Do you think that's why Cookie Cat resonated so much with Steven? Yeah. Like, there's a part deep in his gem that resonates with that story. And that's why he had to eat them. The reveal, mm-hmm. the reveal at the end of season six is going to yeah. be that uh, <laughs> Rose Quartz owns the the company that made the ice cream sandwiches, and it's like all in this convoluted like, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know that was about me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the Cookie Cat. <laughs> You've been eating me this whole time. I'm wow, always with you, okay. son." Hmm. let's that's get into a, weird incestuous relationship later in the episode that's kind of very uh edible right there mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay so <laughs> any other opinions about the movie in general in general it's fantastic i loved it the soundtrack is fucking fantastic there are at least like six of the songs that i have stuck in my head for the past I don't know, week and a half since, or I guess week. How long, how how long (laughs) has it been since it came out? Oh God. Um, my life is split into pre Steven Universe movie and post. No, I'm just. <laughs> I know. It, there's, it's, there's just it's, pre and post now. Yeah, it's but. it's just a really fantastic movie, and I am so impressed uh, in that and if you a show. It, you're wrong. In in a show that's supposed to get a whole nother season on top of it, we've already had two incredibly satisfying endings to the show. So yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know what this next season is going to be, but I'm just I'm so happy. Yeah, I hope it's about diplomacy. That's really what I'm looking for. Like like a sort of Star Trek, but Steven Universe style, where they go out to the con- to the different colonized planets, and they're like. You know, we're going to be like the optimistic utopian future that can solve things through diplomacy. So I'm I'm going to I'm just going to say this. I would I would really have liked to have seen more of Lapis and and Peridot and maybe a little more of Bismuth. But um, like they were there and they were kind of 
what was it, tertiary characters? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they were doing um, the B-team stuff. I, yeah, I agree. And- I, wish, I wish I could have seen a little bit more of them because I love them so much, but I get why the movie focused more on the, the core yeah. Crystal Gems team. They built but up that being said, sense of self after he was torn down by yeah, yeah. yeah, that being said, yeah, and, those and, fantastic and Bismuth- songs is Bismuth's song. It's so good. Yeah, Bismuth's Bismuth song was awesome, but and I love that Bismuth is like, like she is the armory person. So like, which I didn't understand why. Like Stephen was like, I don't understand. Like I don't know why I'd, I like who's who I'm supposed to go to for help. Like dude, yeah, go to freaking Bismuth. Like when it goes to when it comes to weapons, go to Bismuth. Now it's Bismuth. You have a planet, a, a new homeworld filled with gems that are working for your cause and uh, there's the diamonds yeah like who just want to adore you yeah i freaking i i love i I love that song it's so cute okay just let us adore you it is so it's the cutest song so do we i think we're going to have to go through the songbook one by one okay hold on i think that's how this podcast is gonna go Okay. We're just going to break it down through the soundtrack? Yeah. Through the actual singing soundtrack. Okay. Now I got to okay, pull up so my Spotify first, for this. So the <laughs> first song is The Tale of uh The Tale of Stephen. Yeah. So which that's is really uh, instrumental instrumental. Oh no, wait, that's the other one. No, that's the first yeah. one where it opens up with the, with the, with them singing about like it's them singing the actual tale of Steven of Pink Diamond going to Earth. Um, it's them talking about like the four diamonds, um, and Pink running away from the comforts of Earth. I mean, the comforts of uh, Homeworld to go to Earth. Um, so it really focuses on, um, how everybody believes in Steven because he's somebody that he solved every single problem through compassion. And uh, there's a point where it says, you know, what a revelation. He's a revolution, a gem that loves and grows. And that is definitely, you know, the main, the thesis statement of Steven, if you will. Um yeah. So yeah, always putting others first. Can you imagine it? Ever compassionate Steven universe. And it sounds like one of those old timey just animations that we used to have where music was just a way to sort of um um just set the tone of a film. And I I, I really like that song. It's one of my favorite. It is a very lovely opener, yes. Well, I- I'll say that I really love how the three diamonds harmonize. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's very, like, it, it, you can totally tell that, like, like they're harmonizing and the way they're singing, it's very old-timey, mm-hmm. which makes sense because, you know, they've been around for God knows how long. Yeah. And like, and, like it, that gets really shown and, like, you know, let us adore you. So, like, after the first musical number and you have Steven kind of give his message to the universe about how, you know, I don't want to be on a pink diamond. So, and I want to go back to earth. Yeah. 
and yeah, and then they they want him to stay because he's basically like their little pink diamond, and they still want to treat him as such, even though he's like, um, no. And like, it's really funny how like the the three diamonds are talking, and they are trying to convince Steven, like, oh, come on, but, like, look at what we've done. And, like, Yellow's like, you know, I've disbanded my armies, I've liberated my colonies. Uh, Blue Diamond's like, oh, I don't shatter anybody, and I never make anybody cry anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And White Diamond's like, I've been saying please and thank you. Lower life forms. What do we talk about? Equal Equal life life forms. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's, that's really sweet. It's this moment when... You know, the older, more antiquated part of your families are trying to adapt to a better, brighter perspective of the world. So I think this is where when we start looking at the um, the when when our family members are starting to see us for who we are so when we're saying okay yes i'm still in this family you say you will love and accept me for who i am and you know i am gay lesbian bi i go by um i was born biologically female but i uh go by he they zim whatever um, and you have gone and accepted those, you know, and they're going by, they're accepting those things for us. Yeah. You know, they're accepting them. They're trying. They make mistakes, but they're trying. Yeah. They're, they're those small, those small foibles that they try, you know, so like <laughs> lower life forms. Equal life forms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's this, this also this thing where you have like the older members of the family sort of trying to smother you with their love, um, which is also pretty sweet. And I I find it just I found it just hilarious how they just want Stephen to sit in his throne for probably thousands of years. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, No, I have a family back home on Earth. <laughs> um and they're sort of trained their best to sort of understand that. Um, but it also shows how much they've missed Pink, mm-hmm. and they've missed um, they've missed that like full family togetherness thing. Mm-hmm. But it also shows like they haven't been able to really say that. So Stephen is the first one to actually say like, okay, like. If you love someone, you really have to say it. Like, you're going to have to say it. You're going to have to show it. And he's been the one who showed them that. Yeah. So I think it's nice that that it shows that they've grown, but not necessarily are done growing. And I think that it it makes me respect Steven more that he's all like, you guys are showing improvements. And I believe in you to keep doing that without me while I go home and take it easy for a while. Yeah. Maybe go on a couple dates with Connie. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes it's like we feel responsible to keep teaching them and keep on them but at some point you have to sort of you know pass the baton and tell them you know it's up to you to keep yourself to keep learning and to keep applying these things even when i'm not here to sort of teach you that 
because it can get very tiring. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really want to come back to this when they reprise that song, because I think there's something very valuable in the way that their possessiveness towards Steven uh, in association with Pink Diamond, how they solve that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think it um, What with Spinell at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let let's get that to, let's get to that at the end. Yeah, for now we'll kind of segue into Happily Ever After, which is the next song, which in this song it's really this is where like the whole recap happens where This is um, yeah, where they start talking about their futures and but this is where they talk about their pasts. And where they've come from and where they are now. Exactly. Like So, like, when Steven comes back and after he says goodbye to Connie, Connie gives him a little kiss on the cheek, which is adorable. <laughs> I love it. And then he, this is when he starts singing about how, you know, um, especially with Steven, he always talks about how when he was younger and learned about all this stuff, he thought he was always going to be in his mom's shadow and that he would always have to constantly fight her battles but then he kind of comes into his own power and grows stronger and like gains complete control of his powers and and now this is where he's at now and then this is and then he segues into you know pearl pearl kind of talks about how her past is about being with uh pink diamond and then rose quartz and how you know she thought that being with pink would kind of set her free as, or when they became or Rose Quartz. But then, you know, she's kind of realizing that, you know, I really never left her side. I was always there with her, even now that she's gone. But even with that, like, now she's, you know, here we are in the future. Like, now I'm free from that. Now I can kind of do my own thing. But wait, 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 wait. Anybody else really happy that her and Greg are friends? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, see, yeah. like, everything worked out. Well, I think they've been friends ever since um, Mr. Greg. Yeah, Mr. Greg. Yeah. And like now, like he's teaching her how to play the bass. I'm sorry, the bass. Bass. (laughs) (laughs) And then this is where we segue into Garnet. And Garnet's just talking about how, you know, she became a fusion and how, um, you know, and how everything is like going on and how she thought that. Like, or if you would have asked her way back then about you know where she's ended up now, she never would have believed it because this is the, back then like their fusion was completely unheard of, and now here she is, you know, as this one being made from the love of two gems, and then we go into amethyst, where she talks about how you know when she came out of the kindergarten. This was she probably popped out way after the war itself was actually over. So she really had no purpose and no idea of what to do when she emerged. And so she was all alone in the kindergarten until ultimately she came across, you know, everybody. And now she's saying, you know, when I was when I first emerged, I had nobody. I had no idea of what to do, but now I know that this is where I belong as part of this big family that is made up of steven and garnet pearl lapis peridot bismuth and everybody else mm-hmm. and i think it's a great song it is a really great song 
and uh, it's reprised three times, right? Like the the same melody, more or less. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and this is something that we're gonna get back into about how we perceive our future, the cons, the very concept, like whether it's here, whether it's 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 bright, whether it's dark, whether it's something that needs to be that needs to keep happening in or it's something that you have to continue to put effort in. Uh, so, yeah. The next song is like what I was saying before, where it's my favorite song. <laughs> other, the friends. other friends, right? Other friends. My goodness. What a song this was. So this kind of pops up right after Spinell appears, although we don't actually find out her name until a little bit later. But this is where Spinell first appears, and she puts this injector into the ground, and she kind of takes a look at everybody, and Pearl recognizes her, but is, like, in kind of disbelief. And then this is where she's like, you know, oh, you know, I just love, like, and then when Steven tries to say, like, hey, listen, like, there's got to be a misunderstanding, I've spread peace across the the galaxy and the universe, and she's kind of like, yeah, I, I know, I heard. I've had your message playing on loop and talks about how she, lo- l- you know, sarcastically loves the part where Pink Diamond decides to spend her, her the rest of her days here on Earth with a bunch of nobody gems or who she calls nobody gems. And then she gets into her nice little zany cartoon song. And I, I say that because, like, it's like, her movements themselves are very cartoony. Like you see her, like when she jumps down and like kind of does like a slinky thing up to Steven. And then she's got like the little like arm motions of saying like, you know, gee, it's swell to meet your other, like her other friends. And then she's like dodging the punches from Garnet, like flicks Pearl's nose. (laughs) (laughs) And then like flips over Amethyst's hair. Like it's the song itself is, is, I don't know. I really, I really like it. Yeah, it's very Caravan Palace ish. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great song. It's a very great swingy. character introduction. Uh, one of the, you know top villain songs, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I like, love that you, song. <laughs> and even right off the bat, you can kind of see like what her issue is because when um, Pearl is like, "Wow, it really is her," but she can't be serious, and then Steven's like. You know her? Can you tell us who she is? And then you just see like this close up on Spinel and she just you just see her get so incredibly angry because to her that's telling her that no one ever talked about her. No one knows who she is. And she's been around for ages. Yeah. You yeah, can over see the six thousand years. <laughs> yeah, because I mean I mean and we'll get into this a little bit later, but Pearl does explain how she's like, Yeah, you know, they used to spend ages in Pink's garden. Mm-hmm. So she's been around for who knows how long, but certainly longer than six thousand years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you see her. Then she's like, you know, who am I? Like, what are you even saying? I'm the loser of the game. You didn't even know you were playing. Mm-hmm. And then she pulls out her big scary scythe, then just slashes the gems and Steven. And then he slashes her. Yeah, and then he just slashes her as she has her like nice little maniacal laugh, and then poofs. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
<laughs> and then one of my favorite scenes where Greg shows up and almost does a swear. It's so good. It made me <laughs> laugh so hard. Wait, what What was it that he said? Uh, he shows up to the house um, where Steven is with uh, Ruby, Sapphire, Amethyst, Pearl, and Spinel's gems on the table. And Greg runs in and he goes, oh, she got them all? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's just this long one. It's like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh, my God. I love you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Who who wants who wants to talk about uh, system slash boot dot pearl final three dot info? You forgot the underscore. <laughs> underscores underscores. Uh, so so uh, Greg shows up. They're trying to you know figure out what the what the heck they can do, and Pearl reforms. Except something is amiss. That's right. She's completely rebooted back to factory reset. And she thinks that Greg or my um Greg universe is her new owner, um master person. And uh, she doesn't really remember anybody else, though she has some basic understanding of gem social structures in that she recognizes Ruby and Sapphire and the roles that they're supposed to fulfill. And she recognizes that Amethyst is sort of like an Amethyst, but something's wrong with her. Something is clearly wrong. <laughs> God, that face she made when she sings that oh, part it's is It's so funny. Yeah, that's a great face. Oh. <laughs> I love then that she, part. She and I love Amethyst just doing, just copying her for everything. Yeah. Yep. I think my favorite part of that whole song, though, is when she introduces Spinel. Yeah. And, like, when Spinel reforms and uh, Pearl's, like, introducing, it's like, oh, you know, like, oh, aren't you the lucky one? Like, this is going to be a lot of fun. Like, you have, like, she's here to provide you with endless entertainment. And then, like, she does, like, your new best friend, Spinel, and she does that, like, spin, that classic, like, cartoon spin with the hand outreach, too. Yeah. And the other thing is, I really, what I like about this song is that it sort of explains to us the, the utility in, in the, in gem culture, right? The way how everyone is supposed to fulfill a role. And that is the, that's their mere existence. Like you have a pearl for service. You have a ruby to guard and a sapphire to, for knowledge about the future. And Amethyst, if it's not big and strong, there's clearly something wrong with it. And Spinel is here to entertain. So it, that's sort of part of what it's setting up because in our, in the, one of the last numbers, which was the, the, the here we are in the future, where they were talking about how they were in the past. Here you can see firsthand what they were and what was expected of them from the moment they were born. Yep. Right. And again, this, this movie is sort of giving us the full run through of the messaging of Steven universe. And I think that's very important to, to put out there that what this song does is to sort of remind you, you know, everything has a use and this is the use and it can't deviate from this point or this this use. Otherwise, there's something wrong with it, like the amethyst. 
I think it's uh, beyond the scope of our conversation today, but I do think that there is a deep well to dive into about what what Pearl's reboot song reveals about Gemworld culture, some of which we know and some of which we've only uh, gotten implications of. But um, we'd never heard about a gem whose purpose is to be entertainment. And so I think that reveals a lot more uh, a lot more insights into the gems that uh, we haven't gotten to yet in the show, but maybe we will. And yeah. it also, it's revealing about the way our world works, right? Mm-hmm. The way we judge a person's character by their profession, the way we we try to cultivate children to fit a single line of work mm-hmm. and to fulfill that goal. And I think that's something very important in, in Rebecca Sugar's messaging throughout the series. And it's something very important to keep in mind. Every yeah. time we see, you know, a ruby is meant for this. A sapphire is meant for this. Because that's the parallel we can draw with our world. Yeah, and I mean, especially American and Western cultures, there is a, a lot of important importance placed upon your job and your career and your, um, as you said, utility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so that reflects very deeply into um, our relationship, our re- reflections on gem culture and the diamonds and how we. Um, we tend to uh, dehumanize people by focusing purely on their capitalist abilities to produce rather than their intrinsic value as people. And that's the, we see that in the gems too, where, you know, Pearl's like, Oh, I'm so helpful. Let me introduce you. Here's the guard. Here's the future seer. And uh, here's the The toy. Weird. (laughs) Yeah. A toy, and here's a, a weird, shrimpy other guard, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's another thing. Also, reducing one's value to their genetics and their physical um, presentation, right? Um, when somebody is not big, maybe somebody born with a form of achondroplasia uh, or, or diseases that, that make you smaller, uh, by nature, it's something that is immediately noted in the medical field and has an impact on the way society sees you. Mm-hmm. So that's that's very important on Amethyst's part. The one funny, also funny part I wanted to point out in this song is when um, Ruby and Sapphire do reform. And Ruby's like, you know, my precious Sapphire, you know, as my sworn duty and sole purpose i'll protect you with my life and she's like oh i know you will that's why i predict you won't last more than a day <laughs> and he's like what <laughs> oh no he's like what yeah. and then she's like all right come now and then they're just like and he's and ruby's kind of like like just staring at her kind of dumbfounded but it's something that that that's also easily accepted, right? Since you're a guard, you're disposable to a sense where I can just expect that you're going to die soon and I'm not going to feel much about it. Well, I think that's more in the sense of Sapphire because Sapphire can see the future so she knows what's going to happen and mm-hmm. and therefore like to her 
it's more of like, well, this is kind of how fate is supposed to be. Because if you remember how, um, back when, um, you, we hear Ruby and Sapphire's story, Sapphire said like, oh, you know, during this, uh, rebellion fight that's going to happen here, you know, out of my three Ruby guards, two of them are going to lose their form and I'm also going to be poofed. And, Mm-hmm. you know and then she tells like the rubies like you know it's okay like this is going to happen and it's only because ruby decided to change fate and, you know that's how garnet was formed that's how things changed but other than that like sapphire saw the future so she knew what was going to happen so therefore she knew that her gems her guards can be kind of dispendable because she thinks this is how it's supposed to be yeah, it's it's pretty much a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Basically. Because Sapphire sees something. It she's not like Garnet that has future vision and she then uses that anxiety to bring about change and uh, sort of avoid certain possibilities. Whereas the Sapphire merely accepts the futures that she see without questioning them. Yeah. Okay, so, so the we next... got a lot of this song. <laughs> yeah, we did. This song's great. Yeah. So the, okay. the the next song is the Happily Ever After reprise. Is that correct? It's it's all jumbled who into we are. who we are. Who we are. That's not like yeah. an official reprise, but it's 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 in there. It's pretty much which a is, reprise. Which is the part with uh Bismuth, which is awesome. Bismuth and and Perry and Lapis, it's great. I I l- freaking died at Peridot's line about like, oh no, I could have lost all of my character development. Yes, because <laughs> it's such a it's such a <laughs> it's like it's not quite fourth wall breaking, but it kind of almost is, and it's so Peridot, it's perfect. I cracked up at that. Yeah. I uh, loved seeing um, new homeworld, even though we didn't actually spend very much time there, or get to meet any of the other various gems who I assume live and work there. But it looks really cool so far. Hey, we got to see the Heaven and Earth Beetle midday oh. constitutional. They're midday oh. constitutional. But <laughs> the jokes that they had when they're like when when they're over there talking about oh um so. She was trying to kill me, and <laughs> and now she's my best friend. Oh, well, I mean, it took me about, like, a month. and <laughs> That's a like, quick well, turnaround. A day and a half. And, and <laughs> freaking Lapis is like, Lapis. well. Quick turnaround. <laughs> so every once in a while for me, it's like, eh. <laughs> she's oh, like, man. I'm still on defense. Yeah. She's like, I could go back to the moon. I don't know. <laughs> I could just steal the the world's oceans again. Who knows? Who knows? So yeah, but uh, yeah, th- this song talks about how hard they've had it in the past and how hard they still have it, um, and why Steven shouldn't give up, and uh, and it's funny because. <laughs> Stephen Stephen in this song has given up. So it's here we are in the future and here here we are in the future and it's wrong or in the past it, in the first one it was here we are in the future and it's bright. Bright. 
So <laughs> just a second ago, we were singing the song. Yep. So, um, so it's, it's, it's scary how he can go from that. And, and it goes back to the, that whole, like, he can literally go from one moment to the next where he's just like, everything's perfect. Everything's great to just going the next moment to like, everything is horrible and I can't trust anything and everything is, and it's, but this is how we are sometimes, you know, the moment something bad happens, we can kind of just spiral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like, I would spiral. I mean, everybody was reset and you have no idea how this technology works. You don't know if you'll ever get them back. Right? Yeah. It's yeah, that's like, some it's existential like, horror right there. Well, oh, my I, God. This yeah, was like two weeks ago. <laughs> you guys were you guys were my gems. <laughs> We all got Wait, reset? What? Was it? No. When I was totally spiraling and I was like, oh my God, the world is over and I just can't deal with it. And you guys were like, come okay. on, you can deal with it. And oh, we were business we lapis. We were your paradise. business. Yeah, you totally were. I claim <laughs> lapis. No, I'm <laughs> lapis. Don't you dare take my, my blue gem away from me. Oh my goodness. I I really like that song. Not not just because it showcases how how quickly we can go from being like totally elated to totally downtrodden to hopeful that, you know, we can do something. We're going to do something. Um but I also really like it because it shows how much perspective really affects the way that you deal with with problems. Uh, and deal with anxiety about not knowing what to do in that, you know, we see Steven and he's 16. He's gone through a lot of shit. He has dealt with it. He has a, a pretty solid sense of self, self, and he knows that he can persevere through, persevere through mostly anything. But, um, that's nothing in comparison to the thousands of years that Bismuth has been alive, uh, much of which was during the Gem Wars when the Crystal Gems were actually fighting Homeworld. And, and yeah, Bismuth didn't getting know shattered. all of the, yeah, also lots of people getting shattered and all of that stuff. And, and granted, at the time, Bismuth didn't know about Pink Diamond and Rose Quartz, but she was still witness to Pearl and Garnet and um, I guess not Amethyst, but the other crystal gems who were there at the time withstanding, uh, I assume, war atrocities. And uh, so her response to Stephen like panicking and spiraling out is to be like, hey, look, uh, you know, I've been around a while and even it takes even if it takes us a thousand years, we'll figure this out. Because we have. We've done that before. And Steven's like, I've not done that. I don't want a thousand years. Ah! And she's just like, no, no, no. It's like, I've got this perspective, this longer perspective on here. And even if we don't know exactly what to do right now, we're going to do what we can and we'll figure it out. And Steven takes a lot of comfort from that. Um, and I think that's really important to think about, you know, in your own life, when you're in that spiral panic moment is to take a moment and be like, okay, longer term, what other similar problems have I dealt with that is proof that I can handle this? <laughs> and I bet you'll usually find something. I One of my favorite parts of this song is when she says, Bismuth says, because we are the crystal gems and we never give up. We never give up on our friends as long as one of us is standing to brandish the star. 
Yeah. Which is, you know, she and points they're at all Stephen wearing Star. the star now. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's a big part of it, because ever since um, Change Your Mind, we have a lot of people working in, in, in to a single purpose and a single effort. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's also important because right now we live in a time with many movements and not all of us might live to see the full fruit of that effort, right? When it comes to fighting for human rights or something like that. But there will always be somebody brandishing the flag, representing a specific cause. And sometimes I think this is what Bismuth is saying, is that sometimes we have to trust that we are joined by something that's something bigger than us. And uh, there's a group of people who's fighting for a common goal. And we have to have faith that eventually, if it's just one of us brandishing that, that symbol, we'll get somewhere and we'll find a way. Viva la revolution! Oh my God, when we take yes. tests, that's what we need to do. We need to all wear our Steven Universe star so we know oh, HCAT yes. is with us. <laughs> Brandishing the star. That's it. Yay! <laughs> so we know we're not alone. That's good. That's good. I like it. Okay. I'm going to wear it on my next test. I'm going to wear it for my next test, too. <laughs> all right, so the next okay. song is... Um, I want to talk about this one. Isn't it love? Yes. Isn't it love? Because this is one of my favorite ones. It's it's Garnet's song. It is the cutest, best love song. Um, so Garnet, of course, is my favorite character. Um, it is the fusion of, of course, Ruby and Sapphire. And it is the the lyrics are perfect because um it's oh my god it is just everything about love it's the it's the hot it's the cold it's the it's the walking contradiction walking that's perfect the walking contradiction of love it's genius and fool yes um and that's that's exactly all the that's literally all the words that are in this actually <laughs> suddenly hot i'm suddenly cool i'm suddenly a genius i'm suddenly a fool i'm suddenly fact but i feel stranger than fiction i'm new but i'm suddenly back i'm a walking contradiction doesn't this have a name and i love this this is i mean the best song in the world <laughs> it's so cute um and she doesn't know who she is yet. Um, she doesn't have the name Garnet. Um, and Steven just runs up to her thinking she knows who she is. And she's not the all-powerful Garnet that he remembers. Um, but she's the... She's so sweet. She's... <laughs> She's almost a powder puff. That's like the best way to describe her. <laughs> she's she's the sweetest little thing when you talk to her. She's like, Stephen, aren't we all friends? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the way she sounds. What's going on, Stephen? 
<laughs> and uh, one of the things I really love about this song is how visually striking it is. Oh, yeah. And it's a great, great visualization of fusion in a way that it has not been shown in the show so far. It is it is really pretty. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, and- co- the colors are striking the... Uh, I mean, the whole thing is amazing. Yeah. The lesbian presentation and the, the way it's... um. Like, it's a very bodily experience, but not overtly sexual. And it's very, uh, like, it's a self, self-exploratory self number. And uh, there's this part right after the song where, like, uh, they're, they're trying to, they're sort of thinking about how they're going to get everybody else to sort of remember who they are. And Bismuth is like, let's leave Garnet to herself. She's She's too busy, like, understanding herself right now. I have a question. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Garnet is... No, Garnet in that fusion is the color of the the flag, isn't it? Of the flag? Uh, Sort of. I think think it's... Not exactly, but yes, referentially. Okay. Yeah, but I think it's really... It's still just, like, the blending of their two colors. Yeah. Um, And they just look like cotton candy. She does. It's adorable. <laughs> I was looking at that going, she does look like cotton candy. The first time uh, I saw her fusion, that's that's exactly, that was the first time that came to my head, was like, wow, she looks like cotton, cotton candy. candy. <laughs> so cute. So sweet. It's, I she's, really, she's oh, adorable. <laughs> I, I really liked the detail in that um, when Garnet first fused, Ruby saved Sapphire, mm-hmm. and that is how they fused together. But this time, Sapphire saved, saved Ruby. Ruby. I thought that was a really sweet touch. I think I think it adds a little bit more like weight to their relationship because you know Sapphire is one that you know is set in the future, like set in the the way the world is supposed to work in terms mm-hmm. of her future vision. And at this point, she decides she wants to change that to yeah, save and, Ruby. And- it, you know, refer- referencing the you know the show prior to the movie, there's um, uh, what well, I guess is Keystone Motel when when they split and um, Ruby's really angry and Sapphire like basically freezes herself, mm-hmm. and I think that that's such such uh, an insight into her that normally her response to you know things are scary or upsetting is to like freeze. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Ruby, she was able to take action without thinking, without, you know, thinking about the future. She just had to save Ruby. And it's just so sweet. It's so beautiful. I'm not crying. You're, You're crying. crying. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such beautiful love. It's, yep. it's, mm-hmm. it's great. They are. All right. They're the cutest. They are. All right, so now we're going to move on to another really great song. We're going to move on to No Matter What. And this so, is when um, wait, Stephen wait, wait, finds wait, wait. Amethyst. Okay, so I have to say this. Because the day we are recording this, I just posted that episode. Oh, oh with... Yeah. Uh, with Amethyst and going back to the kindergarten. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. See, guys, our episode just went live t- or today. 
<laughs> and here we are again recording this ep- lovely episode. Here we are in the future. Which is that direct <laughs> calling back to that. I, yeah, here I, we are in the future. Th- there is a method to my madness. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Okay. And, okay. Was it method or was it just by mistake? Dude, listen. A bit of both. A little bit <laughs> of Magician both. never reveals her secrets. Listen, it just... It just happened to coincide. It's a fact, happy coincidence. But but <laughs> that song just happened to be in both episodes. Uh, what? Wait, what? Which song? Yeah. You so mean- is this the same song as the the No Homeboys on the run? On the run. On the run. I don't. I don't think. I think the yeah. scene of "On the Run" is still the in on there. On the run, the "On the Run" song is the the melody. Uh, is the, the same. Is the same. <laughs> no, huh? I think I had to listen to both those songs back. You to have back. to listen. You la- You have to listen to both songs. I had to listen to both songs because I got really, really crazy, and I'm like, wait, are they doing the same thing? <laughs> Anyway, this is this is um, this is the the song with uh, Stephen and Amethyst, and this is where Stephen is trying to put Amethyst's pieces together. And I feel, and this is where it really shows that um, Stephen and Amethyst kind of have this deeper connection. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah, I think it's very emblematic of how close their relationships are. Is that um, of of their like quintessential pieces the major self-making moments in all of their lives most of amethyst were with steven unlike pearl and uh, garnet which were more with themselves yeah Yeah. And and i also feel like it's because amethyst's pieces were all on earth and we and and as Stephen is throughout the whole series, like they spend time exploring that together. So yeah. Stephen really knows Amethyst as her pearl and garnet. Like he knows their quintessential pieces, but how to get those pieces out are, is a lot harder for him because he, you know, they have a they've had a life before yeah. the Earth. Well, maybe not garnet, but they, they're two separate pieces together. Like y- you know what I mean? Yeah, and. And here we are in the future, we we can recall that her biggest issue was her loneliness in the kindergarten. And uh, this song is all about how Stephen, as well as the other crystal gems, will always be there for each other. And uh, there's that one moment in this song that, that, you know, it started raining in my eyes for some weird reason started but, raining in your eyes <laughs> just your yeah you eyes? know like a cloud yeah yeah yes it's like this cloud happened in my eyes for some reason it, it, you might want to get that rain. checked out it's so weird that that ha- yeah. you know it hit on the west coast too yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. weird <laughs> and then uh, it's that part where steven takes her back to her hole so- to her the her me-sized hole and uh, she has this sort of visceral reaction of, I like, I know I this feel place. <laughs> sort of the coldness. Yes, like, and, and my and whole she feels like this <laughs> sadness, this sort of sadness. And then he like extends his arm 
so as to take mm-hmm. her out of the hole again. Yeah. And, oh, God, okay. See, what, yeah. what bothers me is he automatically goes for, when when he's looking for the person to help help him with these things, like, I have to get uh, them to remember who they are. And I understand Garnet is the quote unquote leader but he's he, he has to remember he she's not he he's a leader but i don't think they really have like a set leadership but i think it's because of garnet's future vision and that garnet is usually more grounded because garnet is two different people so she he, can like he she, keeps but he keeps going back to like garnet needs to like remember who he who like he always goes for garnet first Mm-hmm. And and I feel like Garnet is more of the anchor. When when he does that, he's always he's always able to bring Amethyst out first. He's always able he has a connection mm-hmm. with Amethyst, no matter what. Um Yeah. I and, see what you did there. And and <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like the first one he was able to fuse with was Amethyst with with Smoky Quartz when they did the uh, when when they did the um oh my god before the movie change your the mind. change your mind uh, yeah, yeah when, when when they did the change yeah. your mind when they poof everybody in yeah when they poofed everybody the first one he was able to go to was Amethyst. And then he went to Pearl, and then Garnet. So, yeah, I mean, he There's has a pattern. The, yeah, he has a pattern of this. So he should automatically start with Amethyst because with Amethyst, he's always stronger with Amethyst. So even though Garnet is grounded, I think with Amethyst, the two of them together are the gra- are, are grounded. And I think I it's think because it's the. I think their connection to Earth is what makes them grounded yeah. together. I I agree with you, but I think I think in this case that Stephen wanted to, if, if any of the three could be brought back, Garnet would make the most sense because she would have the future vision to tell him like how do we avoid <laughs> Spinel murdering yeah. us all? I, I, I think- feel it's. I feel it's the I need an adult situation. Yeah, I think going. I think that's a big yeah, part yeah. of it. Yeah, and, I think and, that's a I think that's the biggest part of it. Yeah. And and it's more of the like Garnet always keeps her cool. Garnet always knows what to do. Amethyst almost never knows what to do. <laughs> She's like, well, we'll just go with the flow. Yeah, and uh, I think he first thinks like, okay, we. We have to maybe get Garnet back. But we also have to remember when they fused, it was by mistake. It was because, you know, Ruby was about to die and uh, sort of Sapphire came in to rescue her. Um, But Amethyst was the one that was coaxed out. Her personality traits was coaxed out directly by Steven. Right? And it's because Stephen and Garnet are siblings in a lot of senses. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can really relate in a lot of senses because of that. And, uh, you know, Garnet's issues with being a fusion is a very homeworld thing. Um, 
even if we have parallels in this world, it, we we actually don't have evidence that those same issues happen with LGBT people in the Steven Universe world, right? Or like, there's anything close to the problems of like being in a forbidden romance, um, something that Steven could find relatable. So Amethyst's issues are the most, are closest to Steven's issues. And I think that's why it's always easier for him to relate to Amethyst. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You don't want to know the one thing that bugged me about this song, though? What? In mm-hmm. the very beginning, like when they're in, you know, um, Vidalia's paint studio and he's singing, Steven tap dances, but he's wearing flip flops. How do he um, make tap dancing noises when he's wearing <laughs> flip flops? Those are obviously his That's tap easy. pair of flips. Duh. Duh. The one, the only he, thing that bugged me. <laughs> Literally both times it. I watched it with different people, everybody was like, does he have taps on? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it was like, I was like, wait a minute, but you're wearing, sand- you're wearing sandals. How are you tap dancing, Stephen? <laughs> How are you making clackety? Because this is so easy. All right, let's he go to the next He covered a thin layer of his sandals with bubbles, a hard bubble. He doesn't have control of his powers, remember? He got hit with the rejuvenator. Yeah, but oh, he, can, mystery. he can do a, a, a small layer. <laughs> I, don't, I, okay. I, I don't know. Moving on to... Yeah, what's, what's the next song? We got we got our first Sadie Killer and the Suspect song. Oh, Yes. Okay. <laughs> Wanted okay, to know that go. that poster that they have of Sadie Killer and the Suspects, you know, playing <laughs> in the the bomb shelter or whatever. It's the warehouse. Uh, that's also the warehouse. There. I love that mm. sign, and I would. I wish somebody would make that into a t shirt or a patch or something because oh, I want to wear it. Um, yeah, it's defeating the song, but like we're talking about it's, like the poster where it's like yeah, Sadie's like head of Sadie's the skull, skull oh, and then yeah. a snake going through it. Oh, it's yeah. just, I love it. Sadie killing the suspects. It's amazing. I wouldn't yeah. be amazing. I would not be surprised if they made merch with Sadie killing the suspects. Fingers crossed. Okay. There's there's something I really have to say about this song. Mm-hmm. I relate I to, to it on so chest. many levels. Okay. No, okay. With this Okay, this movie gave us the My Life as a Teenage Robot, Steven Universe crossover we always wanted, right? <laughs> um, but yes. now, now I'm just thinking, when are we going to get our spinoff Sadie Killer and the Suspects Agretsuko crossover? <laughs> That's the next one. Like this whole song about like being at your work, wasting all your time, being like very obedient, be- serving people who don't have your best interest in mind and who you well, know, are cruel to you. You're gonna have to get uh, I get it to go. Well, I don't, I don't know her real name, but you're gonna have to get her to do it in like death metal, and I don't know how that's gonna happen. I think death metal and punk rock can definitely mix well. Okay. There's overlap there. Yeah. You know what I think was really <laughs> funny? When, right before the song starts and, and Sadie's like, you know, who like, who's like, who's here to get this party started? And then she's like, and who's here because it's the end of the world? And then you hear Lars in the background. He's like, wait, what? 
It's the end of the world. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Lars. Using Lars's head know. as a teleport, but nobody mentions to him that anything was going on. He was just baking, making his ube roll. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And Steven didn't even get a chance to eat it. So like, thank you. Thank Wait, you. if he got hit with the rejuvenator, does that mean his bubble that's holding the ube pop burst and now the cake's just sitting on the floor in the temple? Possibly. Probably. Mm-hmm. It fell into the lava. No. Oh, that poor babe. Um, uh, I was like, um, I love it. Thank you for gracing me with your presence. <laughs> yep, so I also, have, uh, this definitely related to that that song in retail. <laughs> God, if there's one thing I know about retail. It's like that is like this song is like the anthem for every single retail worker. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to remember, they, this song was their original plot to get Pearl to remember her um, her progress, right? Her pieces. Her rebel side. Yeah. Get her a rebel on. And it was all just so that they can figure out uh, who Spinel was to try to get Spinel back so that way Spinel can turn off the injector because they can't move it without risking the acceleration of the biopoison that's currently being injected into the earth, or they don't want it to explode. And yet, that didn't work. (laughs) Well, we'll get to that point. But right now, we're talking about good old disobedient. Yeah, so they're trying trying to uh, wake Pearl back up by being like, oh, hey, remember how you... Like stopped being <laughs> a super uptight oh, Pearl be- by rebelling. Listen to the song mm-hmm. about rebellion, and Pearl is just looking at Greg the whole time, and Greg's like, "I've never been more uncomfortable." Well, because <laughs> I think it made it even worse when when Amethyst is like, "Hey, let's hit her where it hurts," and then she transforms into Rose Quartz to sing the ending of the song. Mm-hmm. You can tell both Steven and Greg are like uncomfortable with it. And Pearl just yeah. doesn't remember who Rose is because yeah. she's Rose is factory nothing to reset. her. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that was that was a, a blow to all of them. <laughs> like, and I, yeah. I, 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 and think I think in that one it was more uncomfortable for everybody but Pearl. Yeah. yeah. It was uncomfortable to me. Um, <laughs> so there, there were people sitting down watching this cartoon going, yeah, um, I think I'm going to go get some juice now. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's also, I think part of why it didn't work was because Pearl did not become disobedient because she just found the idea of being disobedient just completely and utterly enticing. It was because she fell in love with Rose and she was Rose's shining knight. And she would be disobedient in the name of Rose. Yeah, yeah. Like, the way that Pearl, you know, described to Stephen, I, I don't even remember which episodes, maybe the, the Pearl Goes Bad episode, but she she talks about, like, we, you know, we rebelled against the diamonds. Like, what's more badass than that? And everything. But she never did it because she wanted to do it. She did it because she loved Pink. And when Pink turned into Rose, she loved Rose. And it didn't really have to do with rebelling or 
oppression or obedience. It was, I just love her and I'll go anywhere she goes and do anything that she tells me. And so showing her isn't, it, it isn't the switch to bring her back. Mm-hmm. It turns and- out the switch to bring her back is to totally obliterate her person of servitude. <laughs> yep. All you need to do is just completely erase them from existence. And now all of a sudden she's the master of her, which is a beautiful segue into a glorious song called yeah. uh, Independent Together. So after the failed attempt of disobedience, um, Greg kind of shouts to Pearls, you know, like, what will get you to stop serving me? And Pearl says, you know, as long as you exist, I will serve you. And this is when uh, Stephen and Amethyst were like, oh, yeah, this must be the final piece because, you know, Rose Quartz disappeared to make Stephen. And so this has had to be the final piece for Pearl. And this is when Stephen suggests fusing with Greg so that way um, they can make him, quote unquote, disappear. And this will hopefully help reawaken Pearl, which it does. Um so they kind of do their little guitar duet and then they fuse. And now they're this big hulking man with four JoJo. arms. It's basically Total JoJo. It's totally JoJo. It's basically JoJo, JoJo. With, with four arms. He even has like the chest. And the window. hair. The I mean, it's just amazing. And he has like a six, he has like six pack abs. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it's, it's a great song, and apparently Stag here has, like, flying powers that he can make people fly or float or, or whatever the case, which is really great. It's really awesome. And I like how their guitar is even fused. So, like, they, ha- they had two normal guitars, and then when they fuse, it becomes this, you know, two, two-necked two guitar. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Yes. And so, in this song, they're t- you know, it's a, it's a song about, you know, how... You know, you Steg you can be like you're the master. Seriously. You're the master of yourself, and how, um, you know, you don't need anybody to boss you around. You can be an independent person, and you know what? Let's be independent people together. And this kind of helps reawaken Pearl. Pearl comes back, and then we have uh, Amethyst and Pearl uh, fusing to form Opal, and then we get Opal to Ooh. sing, and it's beautiful i love opal's voice so much she's great it's amy man and uh ted leo i believe is his name who voiced steg and i guess they they do a lot of performances together so they they sounded great but it's also important to note that um it's it's spinel here because when they first fuse she's like Steven, like, where did you go? What happened? And then when Opal fuses, or when Opal kind of comes around and, you know, they're all flying and then Garnet gets online and they all fly. Like, it's all the original, it's the original trio or quadruple or whatever. And they're all kind of floating around. They're having a time. And Spinel's kind of left on the ground because she's like, and she wants to be a part of that. But she can't. She's stuck on the ground. And this, you can totally tell, like, she's, like, really hurting. She's really upset that all this is happening. Not necessarily that what's going on is going on. I think it's more, she's more really upset about the fact that she's being left behind. 
I think um, I think given the way that Spinell reforms and she's immediately attached to Stephen and the the implications that she was uh, made for Pink Diamond, so it's it's a, a, a pink Spinell and she has the perfect cut, whatever that means. And um, I, I think the implication in that scene is just like with Pearl, seeing the person that you are, you know, your existence is basically built around cease to exist in the way that you see them. It totally unmoors yourself from your own identity. And I think that, um, you know, as we move on and, and find out more about Spinel, that'll, that'll be clearer. But I think that, um, that both Pearl and Spinel were having similar similar reactions but for pearl it's technically the second time that she's experiencing it so in in a way it is familiar but for spinel it's the first time yeah and when you go back to to the system slash boot dot pearl underscore final parentheses three wow yeah info, just, yeah just go yeah um so like it's it goes back to their function and the way spinel she's even though she her her memory was wiped you see in moments throughout the movie that she still retains her possessiveness um and i think that's part of how she's built she's Mm -hmm. built to live for the entertainment of one person and to literally live to make them happy. And so yeah, when, exactly. that, when they're no longer fulfilling that role, they lose their sense of identity. Yeah. Um, and for, for Pearl, it's, you know, service and obedience and, and doing whatever you're asked to do. And for Spinell, it's, you know, making somebody happy and, and entertained and playing games. And <laughs> she's there and she's in this crowd surrounding, surrounded by people having a great time and, the person she's supposed to be their best friend has disappeared. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, I think that's, that is a moment that's very similar to what, uh, I guess what Pearl would have experienced the first time that she saw, you know, Rose change, change into somebody else, uh, <laughs> fall in love with Greg, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I guess let's let's get to the next song because this this starts telling. I mean, because we're already getting to it. Yeah. So let's yes. get to the next song because okay. I mean, so it's, yeah, it's, we've got we've got Pearl and Amethyst back. Uh, Garnet is formed but doesn't remember who she is. Mm-hmm. So now we're start. Uh, Spinell is starting to remember, and she's she's when when Opal and Opal defuses and it's pearl and amethyst and pearl remembers who she is um steven gets to spinel and spinel says i have to take you back to where it all started well actually she says um back to where i never left back to where i never left yes this is why we keep you around because you remember it all i also just rewatched it like a couple hours ago for the seventh time (laughs) 
Yeah, for the seven. Yeah, yeah. So S- Spinel uh, reacts poorly to the the Steg scene and leaves. And so Stephen talks to Pearl, gets uh, a clue about the garden, and then goes to find Spinel and asks asks her about the garden. And she's like, "Oh, the garden." <laughs> I'll yeah. show you the fucking garden. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where we start to see the trauma is still like r- still markably on her. She is still holding on to that a lot. Um and this is a heartbreaking song. I mean uh, the, the, I think after like the third time watching this through this song almost made me cry. Just because it, it it is really heartbreaking that um, the song doesn't really pick up until after Spinell really explains what happened in the garden, where it was a special world built just for Pink and Spinell, where Spinell could provide all this entertainment because uh, Pink was so bored on Homeworld. And it's once Pink... It, this is where also Pink was given her colony. She was in her rose garden with Spinell when blue and yellow called her and say okay we are we're gonna give you a colony it's gonna be on planet earth and as she's trying to leave like spinel wants to keep playing and have fun well spinel wants to go with her to the colony yep and instead of saying yeah you can come with me so she's supposed to be her best friend this is the one who's supposed to go with you everywhere instead of taking your best friend with you she says uh here in the garden let's play a game i'll show how i'll show you how it's done here in the garden stand very still this will be so much fun and then she smiled that's what i'm after a smile in her eyes so she just literally just tells her to stand there and she just walks away from her so she stands there for thousands of years waiting for her to come back and wondering, like, is she doing something wrong? And this is where it's... And I haven't cursed this whole time. This is the fucked up part. <laughs> so, your best friend says, we're going to play a game. You're going to stand here. And you're going to wait for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be back. And they just walk away from you and get on a ship. After you just heard your best friend's sisters say, hey, we just got you the colony that you want. And you're chilling with her going, oh, my God, you finally got a colony. Congratulations. We can go and we can make it the best colony ever. Blah, 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 blah. Celebrating, doing all of that. You've been making her happy this whole time. And instead of her being like, yeah, let's go to this colony together. She's like, you're going to stay here and I'll come back for you. And she never comes back. Mm -hmm. And then when you finally come, when you finally hear something about your best friend, she's dead. Not only is she dead, but she made new friends. She had her kid. She made new friends. And then when you finally meet the new the kid and the new friends, she's never spoken about you whatsoever. So they don't know anything about you. So like, not only did she just dead you, dead you, she ghosted and deaded, deaded you and you might as well, like she spit on your grave. 
Okay. I'm gonna interject here, and Pink I is am fucked gonna, up. <laughs> I'm gonna. This is gonna this write, is where my uh, Pink my is hatred a fucked for, up bitch. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the apologia of Pink Diamond, if you will. I I'm gonna debate in favor of Pink. No. And what I'm what I'm gonna say is okay. <laughs> No. Okay, look, you're you're in Steven in Steven Universe, and uh, if there's one thing you learn is that there are no evil characters. There's just wrong perspectives. Look, right? even Steven thinks his mother's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> no, okay, yeah, because he's no, like, g- listen, g- no, listen, listen. He says, okay. wow, Spinel, I can't believe like my mom did that to you." Actually, no way. I can totally believe it because no. you're not the first one she's hurt. I agree. And you know what? Um, Peridot participated in genocide. And, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, who is, I forgot her name, Bismuth, was super fine with shattering people left and right. And so, you know, nobody is without fault. In Lapises. Lapis. Mm. She's done some questionable stuff. I but, yeah. okay, Lapis so he's okay, totally dealt with her trauma. Wait, yeah. So this is this is what I think is different. Um in Pink Diamond's perspective, um Spinel is not her best friend. Spinel is a toy. Remember that in Diamond society, some gems are just meant to be objects. And uh, we've had gems that are decoration. We had gems that are just the wall. And this was a gem that was a toy to be played with. And perhaps a toy that demanded too much of your attention. Like a Furby that doesn't turn off. Okay, <laughs> okay wait, 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 wait. Oh my and, goodness. Okay, so wait, 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 wait. Now I'm just going to be fucked up and I'm be like, okay, so now we can say that. But then if we say that, I mean, no, I'm are not we going to... I'm oh, not okay. saying she was right. Okay, because I'm, I'm just you saying know. it's it's a matter of perspective. Because okay, she- so yeah, I could I could see how how before getting a colony, Pink Diamond hasn't built up the the depth of character to recognize that other people are real and exist and have uh-huh. inner lives and yeah. plurality uh, like- of emotions. We uh, and- say that, but like the North and the South in America had this whole war about this too. No, okay. I, and I could the also South see lost. I, I could also see a situation in which, you know, perhaps once the the rebellion was really kicking off, that perhaps Rose was like, oh no, you know, I forgot about Spinel on our diamond floating through space. And uh, assumed that the diamonds would have destroyed her, like they uh, destroyed a lot of her other stuff, and um, they destroyed a bunch of or bubbled a bunch of other rose quartzes and the the human zoo and all of that. So there could have been an assumption on her part that Spinel didn't exist anymore, or mm-hmm. um, had already been you know captured by the diamonds, or she didn't have any way to get off of Earth once the rebellion started. And therefore, just you know, wrote it off as a casualty of the war, basically. And, and you you can make excuses for Pink's perspective throughout all of that, but I think in this case, 
in which we don't get to hear any of this from Rose or from Pink. And we're only getting this from the people left behind. Um, I'm going to take the stance that Pink Diamond is a shit because she has a long history of uh, basically getting people to fall madly in love with her to the point of obsession and then totally abandoning them, whether emotionally or physically or both. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) I'm leaning more in the way of, you know, yes, it could be excusable in that Pink Diamond was a diamond and was raised to treat all others as beneath her. Um, and she hadn't had her big character growth moment yet. But I kind of believe that it's just sort of been her MO the whole time. Yeah. And actually, um, the way she she's fine with Pearl putting her life on the line over and over again. And I feel that's part of also part of Pink Diamond's personality, perhaps the 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 more negative parts of her personality the fact that she was so starved for attention because the other diamonds sort of looked down on her that she would look for love in whatever was at her vicinity and was not very empathetic towards the consequences of of that attachment yeah and and treating treating the people who love her the way that she is treated by the diamonds mm-hmm. where there's sort of this aloofness and distance between them. Yeah. Well, sadly enough, I feel as if Rose slash pink never got the chance for character growth. You know, she, she basically gave birth to Steven. So she didn't really, there was, there was a couple of thousands of years between the, the, Gem War and, we, and but uh, Greg existing, but we don't get for <laughs> we don't get to see. We any don't of that, get so to we see, don't know. We don't exactly for everything that we hear about her. It's all pretty negative. We don't get to hear anything mm-hmm. about positive character growth. Well, I disagree. I mean, at first she was she was this girl that did not fit in well with her family, had a few temper tantrums. She didn't know her place in the world. And when she went to the colonies, she started seeing the value of life and the beauty of life. And then she decided to change her personality so that she could fight for an entire, her only colony, the entire planet. planet She she ran away from home. Mm -hmm. She... Instead of telling her family, basically, instead of, uh, she didn't solve a problem. She ran away from it. Mm -hmm. But then she tried to solve it in her own way, the the way she was most comfortable as, which was. She didn't solve a problem. She ran away from it. There, there was still, oh, there was still a problem there. She just avoided it. Yeah, I don't think she solved well, anything. Yeah, she I think doesn't the diamond, solve the diamonds. I think the diamonds set off that bomb and then bailed. Yeah, so so yeah. she <laughs> thought that the she thought she solved the problem by faking her own death, and there wasn't a problem solved. There was just, uh, you know, at this moment in time, the 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 diamonds are not coming to Earth. Yet. <laughs> I think, in a way, 
it if it's if it wasn't for that sort of sacrifice and how she protected Earth before that, it would have been colonized long ago. And I don't think that should be discounted. You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think I it's think... totally discounted because of the fact that she kept putting her son in danger. <laughs> I mean, you know, there there could be, you know, okay, he, here's the thing. In, in the movie, they show uh, a very brief clip in which Steven goes through Lion's Mane into the, the main world and then comes out of Lars's head. And when that clip happens, we see at the, the tree in the pasture that the chest that is now open, that has always been closed and locked before. So, you know... Perhaps there's a, you know, 2000 years after the war ended, Rose was like, oh, my God, I just remembered Spinel. Fuck, I got I got to go get her. But if I, you know, if I jump off of this planet, then maybe the, you know, the diamonds will come back. They'll realize that the bomb didn't obliterate literally everybody. Um, and so there was like basically a risk reward situation where she's like, I can't risk the safety of the whole planet in order to try and go undo this accidental trauma I did. Whoopsies. Um, but we don't we don't get those insights. And she didn't tell anybody else about Spinel except for, you know, Pearl, who already knew, knew about she never Spinel. talked about. Yeah, yeah it was, they never talked about her. And so it's like, I don't know if that is more uh, showing of you know, Rose slash Pink just not ever really caring about Spinel at all, or if that is showing that she was ashamed of those actions, and so she hid them and, mm-hmm. and just never addressed them again. And poor Steven just got to deal with the fallout, because it uh, turns out gems don't die. So yep, total, <laughs> that's never going to go away. You totally, actually have to deal with it. <laughs> totally going to have to d- go with the, you know, she's just dealing with the, you know, Steven has to deal with it. Stephen will handle it. Stephen will handle it. Deal with those abandonment yeah. issues, no baby. Yeah. So Sp- Spinoza is practically Lotso hugging bear. So, all right. <laughs> so, because we're that this is going to be like its own podcast. Like seriously, we can probably go through three hours of how Rose is a fuck up. Well, how okay. Pink Diamond is a fuck up. I feel like that'll yes. be a nice little special episode. We'll, we'll throw in that some <laughs> like, yeah. Pink Diamond is a fuck up. <laughs> well, no, I like what change I, our I, mind. <laughs> let's go through. Let's go through the list of mistakes. <laughs> I feel like I feel like something we could we could definitely do um, at some point is definitely like take a take a an episode to kind of dedicate it to a character or a couple characters, depending on you know character development. And taking a look at and, and it'll be completely like full of spoilers. There'll be no holding back. But we can really take a look at certain characters and, and analyze where they were at the beginning of the series or where they were when they are first introduced and taking a look at their growth and their character development since then up until the current point. Like, yeah. I feel like at some point later down the line, that's something that we could totally do. Maybe once we're in like our second or third season, maybe we'll see what happens. I, I would love I would actually love a. I mean, I would like an episode where I get to pr- get proven wrong, where I get to see that Pink wasn't a petulant child. <laughs> wow. Okay. But um, but she's a petulant child. I'm sorry, but she is. <laughs> nah, Pink okay. Diamond's a piece of shit. Honestly. Yeah. So. Oh my. All right. Okay, so, so I wanna I want to kind of kind of speed things along here. I want to kind of group these next three songs together. Just because they're all they're all roughly in the same sequence. 
Mm-hmm. So we have Found, which isn't a very long song. It's um, after Spinell kind of changes back, um, regains her memories. This is Steven. And, and Are you, you throwing this- True Kind of Love in there? Yes, I know we're going to be spending a lot of time on True Kind of Love, but I'm saying like we're going to talk about all three of these songs. Because True in the Kind same of Love is like five minute song. I know that, but it's also mainly instrumental. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, going back, uh, so found is where Spinell changes back, and this is where you see Spinell kind of like her real intentions of where like she's really upset, she's really angry, and very rightfully so. But she also just kind of she also doesn't want to be like this. She doesn't. This isn't really her. She's just really upset. And she really just wants to have a friend, a friend that actually cares about her. Mm-hmm. And Steven's like, listen, like, you know, you're going to love again. You're going to get through this. You're going to find someone that's going to actually treat you with the respect and the love that you have that you deserve. And they're actually going to want you around. I'm like, you know, my mom. <laughs> that bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he convinces Spinel to come back to Earth to get rid of her injector. And um, so af- that's after the song ends. They go through and they get um, they get Spinel to turn off the injector. And then Steven's kind of like, all right, cool. That's taken care of. Now let's go back to, you know, Garnet and myself and getting our powers back and getting Garnet's memories back. And then this is where this... Um, I want to say like a panic attack kind of kicks in with Spinell because now yeah. it's the now anxiety that, of what's going to happen to me. Like what exactly. happens next? Exactly. And because now Steven's shifting his attention away from Spinell and focusing on Garnet and himself, she feels like she's going to be left alone again. And then this is where that anxiety and that panic starts to rise because she's like, oh, what are you going to do with me? Where, where are you going to put me? Are you going to put me somewhere? Are you going to leave me alone by myself again? Like, what's going to happen? Because she feels like, you're not going to want me around. I just did this to your planet. Why on earth would you want me around? Even though clearly she doesn't know who Steven Universe is. Well, she doesn't. She hasn't really gotten to know him. Exactly, and and so she starts freaking out, and um, and pro and and Stephen's trying to calm her down, but she like kind of bats him, and then this is when she realizes that he's had the rejuvenator with him because he couldn't put it in Lion's mane because his powers are still all wonky, and so this is where she kind of jumps to a conclusion, thinking that Stephen's just going to use the rejuvenator on her the moment her back is turned and put her back to how she was made, so that way. You know, she can forget this whole thing ever happened. And then um, this is when they kind of then then she's like calls back on the on the uh, rejuvenator, reactivates it. And, you know, she's like, you know, oh, uh, she pulls Garnet down after Garnet's like, why are we fighting? I thought we were friends. And Spinel's like, you know, I'm really flattered that you liked the old me that was, you know, innocent you know like all this stuff and really stupid but like if you really liked that then keep garnet and of course stevie gets defensive of garnet and she's like oh you know you're so you know you're so protective of your real friends and so careless with your fake ones like come on attack me i know you want to because she doesn't believe that Steven really wants to be friends with her. And then Steven snaps and breaks the rejuvenator because he's like, you know, that's not the truth. And 
the truth is the last piece for Garnet. And now Garnet kind of comes back. And we never mentioned this kind of with the other gems, but I really wanted to point this out with Garnet of how when they kind of are coming back to their original selves, you know, before the rejuvenation hit, you see them go through all their forms. So you yeah. see Amethyst and her like wonky form. So you see her like as when she's trying to be Pearl. You see her when she has like the really link, like the weird, awkward buff leg and arm. And then you see her come <laughs> back to normal. And, and then you see you her see... one. She has her foot for her hands and her yeah exactly. And then you see Pearl with like you see like her bird bombs. You see her bird forms bomb. through all the stuff. And then you see like the pilot Pearl. And then you bird mom. Yeah, you see Bird Mom, and then you come in through, then you see her back in, into normal, and then you see Garnet, and it's weird because you see, like, the other gems, they're kind of, like, floating through space and, like, going through, like, these twists and turns, but Garnet's, like, grounded, and she dances through it. And it's so cool, because in, like, in the middle of her, like, her going back to her normal form, you see Ruby and Sapphire as well, like, you see them kind of split apart for, like, a little bit, like, you see them, like, shifting. In their fusion. Because mm-hmm. they're so in different together. Exactly. Like, you see them, like, shifting together in their fusion until you finally get Garnet back. And this is where true kind of love kicks in. Um, and we have Spinel fighting all the gens. But, like, you can even tell, like, in Spinel's eyes, like, you see it through Garnet's, like, shades. And you can see that she doesn't want to do this. Like this isn't this isn't Spinel. Spinel does not want to do this, but she kind of, but she's so like upset, and she kind of at this point she feels like she kind of has to, but she's also she's afraid. Exactly, she's terrified. Exactly, like she's she's really attacking and fighting just out of fear of being left alone. But also, which is part of the lyrics. Exactly, and but it's also at the same time she's also filled with intense anger, but not at the gems themselves. The gems really have nothing to do with it. It's Steven, but not even also, not even really Steven. It's Pink Diamond. It just so happens that Steven is also Pink Diamond. Or he has the gem, I should say. uh, I would say it's also the fact that Steven is a new object of adulation, right? Like, yeah. when When we hear at the end of Found, she says, you know, I already feel found. And she feels found by Stephen because he listens to her. And that's the very moment where your infatuation can turn into possessiveness. And we're seeing that pattern start to surface a little. Um, Right at that moment when Stephen distances himself from her, she begins to have those feelings sort of bubble back up. Exactly. That's what she's afraid of, the abandonment. Yeah, definitely. Which rightfully so. I mean, she was only abandoned for 6,000 years. Only 6,000? Only 6,000. So after this whole battle and... Um, or this little battle really with the gems, uh, Spinel kind of retreats to the top of her injector and like decides to kick it into overdrive. And so Steven's like, you know, let me deal with her. Let me go talk with her. Since all of you guys have your powers back and now Connie's back, you know, let you guys go help all the townspeople that are stuck because it the bio poison will literally kill them. And so Steven climbs the top of the to the top of the injector and like he tries to 
to talk with Spinell, but Spinell's like, you know, I don't want to play. I don't want to play anymore. At this, and then this is when Steven kind of snaps. He's like, you know, this isn't a game. And then he gets decked in the face. My favorite part. <laughs> Twice. This he, is a and he's so shocked bitch. about it. Like he's like. <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing is that like he's so shocked at the fact that he's like, I just got punched. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> Nobody. Mm-hmm. So, but now my favorite part is he he's over here and he goes he, he says uh, and and you're gonna correct that you're gonna correct me because I'm gonna say this wrong. Um, he says I can't believe that a. Uh, you know, this is this is exactly what I went through. I went through all of this, and I still haven't gotten my powers back. You know, is you know, I uh, I I uh, I have all these powers. I can't control them. All um a um of an enemy of my mother's that wants to kill me, um, and I still don't have my powers back and. Spinell is making uh making fun of him because she calls him a loser. Mm-hmm. Um and he <laughs> so in the beginning of the the movie the song they sing is uh is about the future and it's bright and the one happily ever after. Yeah, happily ever after. And um the one thing is that he keeps saying is that he doesn't want anything to change. And right there is where he got himself stuck. Because everything was perfect. He didn't want anything to change. And that's how he stuck himself. Mm-hmm. He was able to control his powers. He was all powerful. Um he knew he he basically was like I know everything I don't have to worry about anything. And since he knew how everything was supposed to go, he didn't realize first off he's human. He grows, he changes every day. So I don't understand why he wouldn't expect to change right then and there anyway. Well, nobody wants to change. He <laughs> Nobody wants to change, but we expect to change. We should expect but, to change. But I, I don't think Stephen necessarily realizes that because for the most part, all of his change happened because he was confronted with some sort of enemy or some sort of obstacle. And now that there's no obstacle, there's no enemy to fight. Now he just kind of goes through normal everyday life, which to him doesn't seem like anything insignificant. Which is why he doesn't really need to change himself. Like, yeah, his body changes, but that's not that's not what he's counting on. He's counting. So on fuck the- that. I'm gonna say what I say every day. He doesn't fucking go to school. He has to change anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for I that think, to come up. <laughs> I think part of it is definitely you know saving the universe, leading to a sort of sense of complacency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I also think. It is uh, metaphorically representative of, of, you know, real life, the things that we, you know, we experience and grow from. That's never an end point. There's never a, a, a point that you reach in your life where you're like, I did it. I learned and grew as much as I'm going to learn and grow. And now I'm static. And yeah. this is this is who I am. Exactly. We're, we're changing and every day. 
And I think that that is so relatable as a 16-year-old because what 16-year-old didn't feel at some point or another uh, that they were like, oh, I know exactly who I am. People just don't understand me. I'm Those kinds peak. of feelings. Yeah, exactly. Of being this like, I finally got it figured out. I'm basically an adult. I know what's what. I know, you know, the lessons I've learned to get here. I know how much I've grown and I, you know relish that growth and everything and and then just sort of life kicking you in the pants being like you're not done yet <laughs> so but this but the weird part is is that he considers his his changing a uh one of his powers yeah and i'm just like okay yeah. dude everybody fucking changes <laughs> like seriously like well that's not necessarily true like the gems themselves the gems aren't designed to change yes they have changed oh, wait, wait, but they're wait, not de- mark. but they're not designed mark. to change wait 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 mark the fuck did you just say I said the, uh, I see your point, Mark, but but also we have in this movie introduced a tool whose specific purpose is to ungrow gems, so kind of okay. iffy there. Okay, no, but I'm saying that okay, like I'm saying that like when the gem is initially made, they are designed for a purpose and that one purpose only. They're not designed to change I think that's more uh, of their like cultural understanding of their roles than it is the reality, because we've seen from lots of gems, both on Earth and from Homeworlds, that they, they do change. They learn things and, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. But I, I, I agree with the point you're making, that it's, it is uh, not typically associated with gems or the life of a gem. But I'd, to grow and and shape and and everything, but that was the the whole thing with Rose Quartz deciding to become Stephen is that Stephen would have the power of growth explicitly, not the implication of growth growth that you could put onto gems. Yeah, I feel uh, to kind of save myself here a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, because because Amethyst changes whenever the fuck she feels like it. <laughs> Well, sh- Don't sh- worry, Mark. Sh- I defended Pink Diamond. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I'm actually going to save myself here. Um, and, and the point that uh, with with change here, um, Stephen's like, you know, yeah, I can't believe like this is the first power that I I learned the power to change. I feel like that's more of like. When he's talking about his powers, he's talking about his ability to manifest like his bubble in terms of both, you know, containing gems, his own shielding bubble, his spikes, his shields, everything. But the power to change was always this one internal power that he's always had within him. But because it was never something that he could physically manifest, he never really regarded it. At least at this point, now that he's older, now that he's gone through all this change, like that was something he's just kind of discarded because it wasn't like a power he could physically manifest. And it took until him being dangled and almost dropping to his death for him to remember that, wow, that's right. To get through every single hardship in my life, I've had to actually learn from my mistakes, learn from everything, and I had to change myself so that way I could overcome that obstacle. And then this is when he gets his powers back, 
And yeah, yeah, everything. sort of like uh, uh, changing the way he was thinking about it from like, oh, my ability to grow and change is like a good character trait to my ability to grow and change is a superpower. Mm-hmm. Which is, and I think that <laughs> when he does his like Sailor Moon pose, it's so perfect. I love it so much. Ah, uh, magical boy, his, become legend. His, his yes. <laughs> I'm just going to like clean the blood up I got off that. from underneath my nose, and just lick that off, and be like, "All right," and yep, I'm good. He kisses it. Actually, he kisses his thumb. He's like, "Mwah." And then, yeah, this promptly Chuck's leads kiss. into the appropriately titled song, Change, where he's basically trying to tell Spinell, like, listen, we don't have to fight. We don't have to do any of this. Like, you have the power to change. Like, And Spinell's like, you know, you can't change how I feel. And she's like, and he's like, yeah, you're right. I can't. You can. You can change how you feel about the situation and you can choose to change and make a difference starting with tonight like you know you can get rid of the injector and we can work on this like we can and and like steven says in true kind of love where he's like you know show me this solvable problem and i'll do the hardest part with you steven's willing to stand by spinal side despite what she's done despite you know everything that she's put them through like he's still willing to stand by her and help her make these changes so that way she can be on the right path so she's no longer like causing harm she's no longer angry she can start processing and working through some of that trauma that she's got going on mm-hmm. and then this is when spinel kind of goes like you know just can it you can't just solve everything with a stupid song yep that's right which then he goes to solve it with a stupid song because it still works in the end and she decks him through the injector. But he doesn't even take it because he has his shield now. It still doesn't matter. She still decked him through the injector. Yeah, with a big comical fist. Yep. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, you know, and, and this is like, and this part is like the greatest, like this ending part before the diamonds show up again is. <laughs> was your, was your world always this destroyed? <laughs> You can't smell it because you live here. I swear to oh, God. not that we're judging that your world has always been this destroyed. Because we don't judge people. Based they on are their appearances. So, they are so full of themselves. It is hilarious. But they're so sweet. No, but like, but before the diamonds show up, like, this is where we see, like, I think this is where we see the most of Spinell's character growth. Like, it really happens in, like, this last, like, five-minute sequence where she's like, you know, it's so easy for you to say all this stuff about change because when you change, you change for the better. But when I change, I change for the worst. And that I used to be not good enough for Pink Diamond, but now I'm just not good at all. But even so, she's like, what am I doing? Like, I I didn't want to do this. I don't understand why I want to hurt you so bad. I just want to be your friend. That's all I want is just to have a friend. And you were the one and you found me entertaining. Like you found you still found you know ha- some sort of joy in my company. And you know, Steven kind of lets down his shield and he's like, you know, listen, like Spinelli, like, I get it. You you just want a friend. But then of course the injector blows up and he saves them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after 
they kind of are talking a little bit and you know she's like oh no what did i do you know what about your happily ever after steven kind of comes to that realization of like there is no happily ever after that there's always going to be work for him to do he can't become complacent just because there's no like physical threat physical battles to fight exactly now everything is more of like a it's i would say it shifts more to like a political battle that he's got to do because now there who knows there could be countless other gems that aren't happy with the end of the empire and i think i think that's where he fight i think he's finally learning something because he's always had to do a physical battle but he's never actually had to and i hate to say it this way he's never actually had to stop and think like how do i actually solve a problem without singing (laughs) no singing's fine he's always singing (laughs) He's always saying. That's how he solved all his problems. Well, now he's got to smooch the world. But, yeah, and, and so after he kind of, like, is talking with Spinel, and then he goes and says hi to Connie and everybody, and he sees Spinel leaving again, like, he goes to her and is like, yo, no, listen, like, I, I swear I was going to come back. And she's like, yo, I know you were. Like, she can, uh, she's finally coming to the realization that, you know, Steven means what he says. Yep. And she's like, you know... And and she and she's so quick to admit this and and realize that you know she's like friendship for me is going to be a problem. It's going to be very hard given everything that she's had to go through. But she's like, but you know what? You make me want to try. It's gonna take a lot of work and a lot of effort, but I want to do that. And she also realizes, like, listen, like I messed up really bad with you, and and I get that. You know, it, it's gonna be hard for us to be friends. And she just wishes that she could start fresh with somebody who doesn't know about what happened or, or, or doesn't know about all the stuff that she's done. And then, of course, this is when the diamonds show up. But I feel like this little moment right here with Spinel, where she admits that she has a problem and she knows that she has to work at it and understands that it's going to be a very hard journey for her. But it's because of Steven that she wants to actually try to get over like to to work through these issues so she can have friends and not fall into these abandonment and and into this feeling of abandonment when let's say their attentions get shifted to somebody else that's Mm -hmm. such an addiction thing but is that does she actually find an appropriate solution for that I think that's definitely arguable, but I think in the case of Steven Universe's world, yeah, uh, that's if not a particularly healthy relationship between uh, an extremely needy group of people. Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the greatest in the long run, but I do think that it would be healing for all of the parties involved to have somebody they can actually talk to about Pink. Um, I say it's a good and, start. Yeah, I think it's a good start. Yeah. I I don't know if it's a great idea in the long run, but I do think you know, give him uh, you know three or four months to hang out there. I do love that Stephen was like, "Wait, are you okay with this?" Because they are a lot, and I think <laughs> it's the the they need um the same way they need to um replace pink. They need to fill that void that Pink left when she kind of abandoned her family. 
Um, yeah. You know, Spinell is, uh, and when, when she abandoned Spinell, she, she left a lot of people without, without really, yeah, without closure. And these are people who need care and who need each other. And when that happens, this is usually what happens with, with grief groups. This is how we get them to help each other. Mm-hmm. You know, sadly, it's, they're all very needy, but this is usually how <laughs> grief groups work, you, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. They, now- it starts off with, you know, these are the people that were left because this person left all of you. You know, and talk about your the good memories you had with them. And I'm you sure know? Stephen will probably go and and visit and, and talk more with Spinell. Like I really hope we can see Spinell more in in season oh, yes. six. I really do, and like yeah. and really see more and focus more on her character development as well. Like see how she's progressed since um, the movie. And because, like, when, when the diamonds decide to take her and they are going back into the ship, like, you see her turn around and give Steven, like, you know, the, the peace sign. And Steven's smiling because, like, you can tell that they, now they're having, now that they have a much better understanding of one another, like, you could tell, like, to, to them, like, yeah, things are, are shifty, things are rocky, but they're on the right path of becoming friends. And I'm sure to Steven, he's like, she's, like, he considers Spinel, like, a friend. Mm-hmm. He, despite everything that that's happened, like he still considers her a friend, but Spinell needs to work at, on herself before she can really recognize and accept that that title, I guess. Yeah, I, I definitely think-, think that's a, a big part of it where she she just wants to be a friend, but she's she's so damaged by being abandoned that her immediate reaction to friendship is, oh God, I'm going to get abandoned again. And she's like, I really need to work on that reaction before I can actually do the friendship thing, which is, uh, you know, really self-reflective. I'm very proud of her. She was, she's really self-reflective. I, okay, so this is how I see it. And I want to just go into... Let Us Adore You, The Reprise. Uh, This song is, I think, my favorite song in the movie. I think it's just musically it witty works with me. I love sort of the sync in her voice when when she says, you know, um, today, right here, right now, love again. And then it's like, I've already found someone. And that sort of like, boys, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. But, um... So this, what this song is sort of showing us is not necessarily that that either the Diamonds or Spinel are really working on changing a vital aspect of their character, but rather they're finding the place to dispense their feelings appropriately. So they're finding a place, uh, they're sublimating their needs, so as to say. They're finding a place where it's socially acceptable to feel the way that they feel. For for Spinell, she needs somebody who will receive their love indefinitely, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the diamonds 
practically singing from the beginning of the movie yep. that they just want somebody to love, to put on a throne, to laugh at, and to sort of, you know, talk about Pink Diamond for the rest of eternity, right? And for the Diamonds, is they need something to to ease their emptiness syndrome that was left when pink diamond left and and you know figuratively killed herself um and the way they learn how to do this is instead of keeping steving their their grandson they keep a memento of pink rose there's this moment where they say like yes we know that you're not her but you were hers right and you remind us so much of her and you know what it meant to love her so it's sort of like keeping your when your kids go to college you keep something of theirs that sort of reminds you of them and make the emptiness syndrome like easier to deal with I think it's also they relate over her loss. Mm-hmm. It's like you you legitimately, like, the situation at which we were both abandoned by Pink Diamond were very different, but we were both abandoned by her. Mm-hmm. And, and through that, we can relate and, and feel less alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what makes this especially consensual, um, as opposed to, for example, I think Spinel with Pink Diamond... Whereas she was created for Pink Diamond, but Pink Diamond was not necessarily interested in having a spinel for eternity. Um, is this very fact that the diamonds up until this point, even though they have changed, they f- they have this like eternal constancy. Like th- you know that they can withhold loving this object for eternity, right? And in the same way, this object like. Spinel can entertain them for eternity. And it's partly because you have to sometimes find the place where you fit in. That's where the, the song Found comes in, right? Where it says mm-hmm. like some 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 place, sometime, somewhere you'll you'll love again. But you have to find somebody that respects you for who you are and who sees you, truly sees you for who you are and accepts it. And uh, this is their solution. A very unique solution that's catered to both of them. See, so what I yeah. always thought was funny was when I heard this song the first time, when they were singing it to Stephen, I kept going, but Stephen didn't know what it was like to love Pink. Mm-hmm. Only when he loves himself. Yeah. Pretty much. He loves himself all the time. But... I mean, because there's there's a couple of episodes when Steven's talking about, like, his relationship to his mom or his relationship with, like, missing his mom. And he's he mm-hmm. talks about how he doesn't know how he feels about her. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think that now that you've said that, I think that that's actually a really solid point in that in the beginning steven's like no i'm good thanks because he realizes like what you need i can't actually give you yeah Mm -hmm. and he just so happened (laughs) to uh, meet somebody who's like actually 
she can give you what you need. And you can give her what she needs. I'm going to stay home and eat sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go be with my family. Um, But first, I'm going to make sure. Yeah. First, I'm going to make sure that Spinola is okay with this arrangement. (laughs) Yeah. It's like. Like I'm very, sh- I'm very sure he loves the fact that now he has that extended family that he can go to, um, and he doesn't have to be fearful of them anymore. But, um, but I don't think he had that relationship or that relational ideal of like, yeah, I do know what it's like to love her, to be put in that form of adoration. No, 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 no. Cool, cool. I'm gonna go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love my mom, except for all those war crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mom's a bitch. Yeah. He really. <laughs> yeah, he really actually learned to love his mother during familiar when he was actually sort of understanding where his mother came from with his issues with. With her issues with her family. Yeah, I think he, I think it was more he was, I the uh, the the only time where I think it's it, that one time where he's watching that video where where she says, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when you're uh, all those times when you're loving yourself, that's me loving, yeah. loving being you. Mm-hmm. Is like the only time I can see him having that type of relationship. Other than that, like yeah, yeah. And then it was spoiled by history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn history, always ruining our misconceptions. So yeah, and so we have the finale. Yes. So and, and we're in the future. I'm just I'm very glad because this I I. I didn't know that this was not going to be the last because I heard that this was uh, Rebecca Sugar's like love song, like love note to the fans. And I'm like, is this the love note to the fans that this is the end, or is this the love note to the fans? Just like, hey, FYI, I love you you guys because you're fantastic. Um, And it's just going to be like a hot minute before there's another one. Like, why do you need to write us a love note? I have a feeling we're probably not get we're probably not going to get any more Steven Universe until 2020. So, well, yeah, yeah. like yeah. no, but I mean, like probably not until like summer of 2020. I would, yeah, I would say either next summer or next fall, which is which uh, is fun. Being generous, which is, which is fun, yeah, which gives H Pat a little bit more time to catch up. <laughs> yeah, that's not even the longest hiatus. So yeah, it's true. It'll be fine. Yeah, Wait, right. Maybe we can get up into the second season then. <laughs> Maybe we'll get halfway through the second season. We'll see. I don't, I'm not going to be that generous because, dude, we well, we took like two two months off. <sighs> yeah, you're yeah, right. but the first season is the longest season. That is yes. true. All right, significantly. Okay, <laughs> it's yeah. like double. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> so that's the so that was that's that's basically the movie. It's pretty guys. much the movie. So and. Uh, I, I mean, it was really great to kind of break things down and, and really talk talk through the through the movie. Okay, I, so I, I hated the movie. I hated it. Just hated it. <laughs> just, just horrible right. movie. Horrible movie. Are there guys, are there any where, last? Cat uh, announces her resignation from H Cat. <laughs> I don't know who's no. going to be recording this if it's not me. <laughs> you were very valued, Cat. 
Uh, I mean, the whole show is named after me. H-Cat. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Are there are there any last uh, comments anybody wanted to touch on? So officially, what is everybody's favorite song? Oh, I don't know if I can just pick one. That is "Adore You" reprise, followed by um, "Independent Together." Independent Together, uh, "Drift Away." Other friends drift away. Uh, the whole songbook. The whole song the, the Stephen and Amethyst song, Right By Your Side, mm-hmm. um, Independent Together. <laughs> I just, uh, I love them all. They're so good. Uh, I would wonderful. say Other Friends and um, Pearl's Reboot. Ooh, Other Friends. Yes, I forgot Other Friends. Oh, I love Other Friends. Okay. Um, what do you want to see next in Steven Universe? I want to see a more mature Stevani. I want to see uh, Peridot Lapis Fusion. I'm going to squeal like a fangirl if I ever saw that. I will, yeah, glass will shatter. <laughs> uh, I, I want to see uh, Spinel and Lapis going to therapy. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Oh, oh if, if Rebecca Sugar actually ever listens to this can i please be that therapist <laughs> yes please i want to be that therapist can yeah. can john and i be a fusion of that therapist <laughs> okay i would go to that therapist oh, why can't i be part <laughs> of that why can't it be a triple fusion guys do you guys take it's... my insurance <laughs> yes <laughs> no, Mark, you know what? Mark we don't need Leanne. to take your insurance, Lauren, because we'll just give you free sessions. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I want to see. Okay, so we saw, um, Steg. Steg which, was, which was awesome. Cool, oh my which god, was cool. <laughs> but where is Stars? I need Stars. Oh, I don't know if. I don't yes. know if Lars can fuse anymore because he's kind of dead. Yeah, he is kind of dead. But is he? He is. No, kind of. You yeah. know what? I really want to see. <laughs> yeah. I want to see there, more there was Lars that and whole, Sadie. So there was that whole episode where they explained the reason why Lion is pink. So the reason why Lars is pink is the same reason why Lion is pink. Which okay, what now if Lion and Lars fuse? So, oh which, my goodness! Which, which now means <laughs> wormhole. Which now means Lars will live forever. Okay, wait. Give me a second. Sadie goes with Lars to outer space and has an intergalactic tour. Yeah, that would be pretty dope. Sadie killers and the suspects across the universe. Did you guys notice uh, Petey in the background? Yeah. How much older he looked, too? No, I did no, not. I didn't. I'm going to have to watch it again. Are you also really appreciative of the fact that Ronaldo did not speak once? That was that was I, okay. I like that. I, I really appreciate it. I liked uh I liked Buck Dewey getting blown off stage by how powerful Steg is. I know, yes. that was that was a glorious Steg multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that actually that's that's a perfect name for it, Stug Multiverse. I, I I did not come up with that. I don't think it's the uh, the canon name. I think Steg is the only thing they've confirmed. Yeah. But I've been seeing other people calling him Steg, Steg Multiverse, Multiverse, which I think is really perfect. That's that honestly <laughs> like the best name. Yeah. So, Hell yeah. Okay, I want to, I just want to, uh, I didn't get a chance to comment on this earlier, but I, I want to say I think it's super duper impressive how Spinel went from standing on a rock in space for 6,000 years to picking up a planet injector that matches her aesthetics yeah. and a weapon <laughs> that can undo people, which also matched her aesthetics and found Earth in the middle of nowhere and made it there all in two years. I gotta say, she is driven and I'm very impressed. No, yes. that's the thing. She didn't find it in two years. She found it in less than that. The only reason why she moved is because she saw Stephen's message in the very beginning of the movie. So she literally did this in like a day. I thought the implication was after the change your mind stuff is when the the broadcast yeah. would have gone out, but I could be mistaken about that. No, because yeah, because it, when you see, well, no, because yeah, it's the when the, and dr- during drift away when you see her seeing the message, you see that it's it's the sixteen year old Stephen, sixteen year old Stephen, yeah. Oh shit! So, so she, under a year, she, and more like a day. It's all in a day. A three-day weekend. She that, got everything together, ready to go. Wow! All of Homeworld, all of Homeworld couldn't get to Earth without using a warp pad, but she could. So, so my question is, where the fuck did? Well, so then, so I'm assuming then Rose Quartz had all of this. No, well, the thing is, is that the warp Maybe. pads at the at the garden still work. So all she simply really had to do was just warp back to Homeworld, grab some stuff. And then yeah, but you think nobody's gonna ask questions? So no, 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 she no, 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 care. no, no. She did it anyway. But, but no, she came this, straight out of space. No, but I'm gonna blame all this on rose quartz because this is all Rose's colors. What I if, mean, this is what all pink colors. <laughs> what if it's revealed that the the injector and the the Scythe Scythe all- were both on on that uh, on the garden planet, but like on the the bottom of the garden what, what if- <laughs> so she she picked that up the, the broadcast and then immediately went is <laughs> like what, what, i'm ready let's do this find it or- let's find out that the rejuvenator is literally just a garden tool <laughs> oh god what it what if it turns out that the the garden s- space rock was just like orbiting earth the whole time but Sp- spinel never like checked on the bottom side of the planet to see earth or anything <laughs> like, what so if? sorry God, <laughs> wow why does make me want to cry lauren she was just okay. facing the one direction the whole time she never checked over her shoulder there's a big sign like spinel meet me at earth what if finale was a furby and like all Furbies do, she had a reset button. Oh God! You know, just, I uh, just for Pink to use when she got tired of Spinel. We're we're going we're going real long here, but I have to tell you a, a funny anecdote. When I, when I was a kid, my sister one Christmas received two Furbies for some unknown reason. Because those things and, are fucking uh, evil. They're nightmares. Uh, yeah. So we played with them for like, I don't know, a weekend. And then they just Summon sat Satan. on the bookshelf. 
and we ignored them. And uh, over time, and they, over time, the batteries die. And they and one sleep. night, and one night, uh, at the time, my my sister and I were sleeping in a bunk bed, and there was a bookshelf at the end of the bed that was like you know sort of touching up against it. And so I guess she like turned over or something. She was on the the top bunk, and it it rattled the bookcase just enough to wake up the Furby that had not been used at all in like, I don't know, at least six months, if not longer. And it was mostly dead of batteries, but not (laughs) fully. So it didn't say anything, but it just started like shrieking. Um, So yeah, actually was haunted by a Furby. It was like 9.30 at night. My sister and I come like just racing out of the room, screaming like, it woke up. (laughs) Just Just like that video game. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so in other words, creepy Furby. So, Spinel is a Furby. So, poor, poor Spinel. I love you, Spinel. I really I love how you. she really knew how to work that scythe, though. Hell yeah! I got to tell you guys, when the scythe came out, I about died because I love scythes visually, and it was pink and it was sparkly, and just, this weird noodle angry girl was holding. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, such a good moment for I just, symbolically I, I can't I, I just like why just just how do they get it to match their colors do they just like touch their gem do they have a place that they go hey make this weapon in my color I mean can't you change the color of other things as a like an intrinsic gem property like I, I don't know we should ask bismuth <laughs> I I think I've seen Next gems week. change the color of things. Not sure. I don't, mm, I don't know, but we've definitely oh, seen no. that that oh, whatever wait, 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 wait. stuff that you make tends to be in your color palette. I, yeah, oh, sorry, so color palette. Yeah, wasn't it just you made your weapon? But that wasn't a weapon, though. She well, found it. Was, it. Well, I mean, but like, it wasn't her yeah, weapon. Yeah, that's what I mean. And I wonder if she has a web. She never pulled anything out of her gem. She so, pulled yeah. the rejuvenator out of her gem. But yeah, but maybe a weapon. I don't think. So if she stored the rejuvenator in her gem, then maybe. Is it hers? So then maybe it was hers. That's horrifying. Yeah. No. Okay. So we th- created a perfect, adorable little Mickey Mouse toy friend for you to play with. Be careful of her giant scythe. <laughs> no, I, the way I see it is um, certain. <laughs> Certain gems are built so that they have their weapons and others don't. Like, Peridot doesn't have a weapon. Lapis has powers, but not a weapon. But Pearl, who is supposed to protect the diamond, does. Amethyst, who is a soldier, does. And the only one who wasn't built to have a weapon is Garnet. But she has a ruby component. And maybe, like, in combination with the sapphire, like, that's how it just forms up. But... yeah. I would think I wouldn't think that a a gem built to entertain solely would be able to pull out a weapon if except if if it's like swallowing swords. So <laughs> yeah, something. I mean, I feel so like she, oh, she, she can summon like a a toy out of her. A mallet gem. would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, like she so she stuck so she stuck the scythe in her gem, and when she took the gem, when she took the scythe out, it turned into her color. Yeah, maybe. All right. You want to so know we what just, her... We literally just spent 15 minutes just talking about this. Okay, but do you want to know what her most, like, 
her biggest superpower is being cute, the, adorable. Uh, aside from being that, stretchy, the fact that she can turn into a Beyblade. Yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> unstoppable. Yeah, just she's just a tornado of punches. All right, good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. Oh, this has been great. I love the Steven movie. I love y'all. It's fantastic. Thank you for having me on again. Yes. No, it was it was a real pleasure to have you, Lauren. It was really great to really digest this movie with you. And uh yeah. This is this We only been... went fifty minutes longer than the movie itself. Great job, y'all. Good job, wow, guys. We, we did it. We did a good job. I think I think we really we condensed it. And of mm-hmm. course, yeah. you can talk to us on Discord and what's the other thing Forums. called? Forums. Forums, that's it. Because I was going to say Future and Vision. And Twitter. So you can't talk to us on Future Vision. <laughs> and all of those social network links will be in the show notes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Good night, everyone. Night. Or good morning. Whatever time zone you're in. Whenever you're listening. We are in the future. Woo. Here we are in the future and we're tired. (laughs) Yes. All right. Good night. Goodbye.